What's on tap for 2020? Did I get scooped again? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB when I'm not making room for UGA sports. It's basketball season, but that's okay. We've got one hour today and we are going to make the most of it. And just so you know, if you try to keep up on my schedule, you can check out my Twitter feed, I'll always tell you there at Monica Perez Show. But next weekend, we'll be on from 5.30 to 6 on Saturday. That's not much time, but we'll be on for a whole hour on Sunday from 2 to 3. So I'm a fast-talking New Yorker. I think I can handle it. Get it all in. Especially today is my top 10 expectations, predictions, ideas, for what to expect in 2020. And I'm going to talk to my trusty producer, Binkley, about just these topics. Hey, Binkley, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Great. So I feel like 2020 is not starting off in a very auspicious manner. So maybe one hour is enough for us to cover this stuff. I would respond, but I need a definition of auspicious. <laughs> Doesn't auspicious mean like it looks like a good beginning? Like ah, a good, I see. It ogres well. Yes. Like there's no good harbingers. No. There's <laughs> only harbingers of doom. Started off with a lot of doom. Yes. So one, this is what I think I'm afraid I was scooped, is that it's been my contention from the beginning that Trump has like maybe eight possible jobs. You can't do everything. You can only do certain things. But people are like, oh, I can't believe Trump won. I'm just too cynical for that. So from the beginning, I was like, he is there for a reason. And I can rattle off a few reasons. I've done it many, many times. But the three top reasons I think that he's there, the, his three, the things he must accomplish, were for me, war with Iran, because we've played this clip numerous times, Patrick Clausen clip of like, we are in the game of using covert means against the Iranians and we need to start that war, which is a crazy thing to do or want to do. But that I think is on is on his to-do list, as well as I totally credit Tweep Dean for nailing this day one that somebody has to take responsibility for the inevitable economic correction that the can was kicked on in 2008. And with a record-breaking longest expansion in American history, with simultaneously the lowest interest rates at a late-stage expansion at 2%, I think that a like a double-dip recession, a big kind of crash correction is is happening, is going to happen. And that he is going to take responsibility. He is going to be blamed for it, even though I don't think it's his fault. And then the third thing is censorship. Before he was elected, when I still thought it was going to be Hillary, I said, this is the censorship presidency. Uh, Obama was the surveillance presidency. This is the censorship presidency. So I look at those three things. And when I saw that, I said, well, for sure, Trump is going to be reelected because he needs to start that war with Iran. And it feels like he won't have enough time to get that war started and really make us so entrenched in it that a Democrat could take over and say, well, you know how it is. We would never have started the war. But once you're in a war, you got to fight it like that's the old canard, the old whatever bait and switch. So I thought, well, he's going to need 
another turn to do those to the censorship they're going to do this year, I think, based on the 2020 election. The economic collapse, they can kind of just trigger anytime they want because they're feeding a lot of liquidity into the system, kind of in a backdoor thing. It's complicated. It's this repo market. If you follow the financial markets, you'll hear noise about the repo markets are acting weird. Well, they're feeding a lot of liquidity in the backdoor there, so they could just stop doing that and trigger that economic correction or whatever it's going to be any time. But the war with Iran, I thought for sure, was not going to happen for another year. And maybe it still won't happen for another year. But it puts my prediction that Trump for sure is going to win the election in kind of a wild card situation. Because if he gets that done, he might not even want to go in for another year. Like he might another term. He might be done. He's kind of old. He'd be the oldest president if he's not the oldest first term president already, I think. But what's what do you think? Do you you agree with me? Do you not that um, this this uh, assassination of this huge general in Iran is not a portent of war? I think it is. I think that 2021, personally, I think is more likely for us to get to war because I think that Trump winning election, the 2020 election, is what's going to set off a lot of the domestic unrest. Right. Okay. So you think there's a whole... Oh, actually, that goes to... One of the things that I talked about, some of this stuff kind of folds into what we were talking about looking backwards in 2019, what the greatest threats to our liberty are and have been were kind of ripened in 2019. One of the things I was thinking, one of the the big most overarching thing was this idea of a fundamental change to our legal architecture. And and that's a good point. How do they really get that done if they don't have a lot more pieces in motion? Yeah, they're going to say that democracy has finally failed once and for all in America after Trump wins in 2020, and they'll be able to uh, say, go to the streets. Yeah, that's interesting because I was identifying. So we're hitting on a lot of, I have a top 10 list here, but it's like going to be a li- They overlap so much with each other. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like list them in numbers, but I'm going to hit them all for sure. But I do feel like that fundamental disruption change in the legal architecture we were kind of on top of that a long time ago we played clips of michael chertoff as the second homeland security secretary say we've played many times him saying what is needed what i want is for congress to institute this a fundamentally different legal architecture in this country and he was saying because we have threats that are not were not anticipated by the founders, which I actually dispute. I think foreign adversaries, foreign intervention, pirates even, which are were the terrorists of the day, those were all anticipated by the Constitution. And I think we've it will all work. So you have to take and and when you see these failures of ma- the mass shootings, terrorism, the drug war, all that stuff are violations a lot of times of our fundamental legal architecture. So uh, if people start scrutinizing that, they'll say, no, the answer is already there. So I think they're folding in another reason to change the legal architecture, which is the system is no longer working. It's, it is not uh, imparting order. So I am a liberty activist. I certainly am a defender of liberty, but it's not. It's because I don't think our government is holding up its end of the bargain, which is it's supposed to defend our liberty within the uh, under very narrow parameters and my objection isn't that they don't impart the order 
that they were supposedly that we were trading off our liberty for. It's not that they don't do that. It's that they go too far. They take too much. And I want to defend our liberty because I don't think their form of kind of authoritarian order is necessary. But I never thought it wasn't working. It wasn't actually a system that's got an iron fist on our society. So when you see it failing in these ways, it's almost every example I can think of is coming down from the top. So like the impeachment thing, this is actually how I think the war issue plays in, is that the impeachment thing, I was just scratching my head about why is this this process so stupid? Why are the Democrats doing it so unilaterally? Why are they making it so obvious that it's one-sided and unfair? And then I saw someone tweet, thank goodness, Trump, that you did not ask Congress as you are possibly or clearly constitutionally required to do because they are clearly uh, against you. They could not be trusted. They're not rational anymore. So now we have a, a complete breakdown of the system from the impeachment point of view. We had the GOP storming the impeachment investigation committee room. You have activists that are fronts for high level congressional aides and stuff saying or or like the parkland thing people from the top telling kids to walk out of school so it seems to me the breakdown in the system is orchestrated from on top and you binkley have brought me so much evidence of that in like what these emails you get from indivisible and i think that maybe what you're saying now and your expectation of next year conforms totally with what you have been telling me in the past and some of those predictions have certainly come true yeah, I think we're going to continue to see the use of this organizational weapon in activism to bully companies, bully politicians, and to radicalize the people that are involved in the activist movement. Oh, interesting. So, yes, so that that is... I I noticed I I know so I always give myself a lot a lot of credit for like the things that I'm like just I predicted that so I'm always going to go back and tell you the things I predicted but because if you get the the timing right it's so clear so I predicted when Vicente Fox started using vulgarity I was like that's it that's a watershed moment vulgarity yeah. is going to and it did and then I I started noticing I was like there's going to be a breakdown in Parliament you know our version of Parliament you're going to have like from vul I used to say from vulgarity to violence you'd have fisticuffs whatever and and i think that what you're saying like antifa and all that what you're saying is you're gonna have that kind of breakdown maybe not this histrionic like dramatic in parliament so much as people taking to the streets and taking marching orders to do it from what i can tell yeah yeah so those people it seems to me so this is but i look at all of those activists when you actually scratch the surface of those organizations they want you to think that it's grassroots but it's really what nancy pelosi called back in the day astroturf and yeah. and you can actually find out who's funding them who the people involved are and they really they like when we examine stacy abrams background it's clear she's i mean she is a member of the cfr she has done all these internships at the highest level including the state department years and years ago so these th- this is not just people just can't take it anymore taken to the streets yeah it's not a spontaneous uprising as they like to throw in at times that word spontaneous it's completely orchestrated 
from the top and from powerful and from wealthy people. And I would say that two of the things that really mark it is one, that they use techniques, psychological techniques, crowd techniques, propaganda techniques that they know will work to actually get people to do what they want. As you've pointed out before, they they get people ready. They get them keyed up so they're ready for action. And then if you've seen, so when I look more at the foreign policy stuff, if you look at the the revolution, these protests around the world, similar to what was in Ukraine and many, many examples right now, they called it the year of protest. You see flyers and handouts, and I, I've read to you, to everyone, articles in the Wall Street Journal that lay out in excruciating detail the tactics of a protester, how to make Molotov cocktails in the Wall Street Journal. Like, I mean, it's really sick. And I think that's no, I don't think that's spontaneous. Not at all. And plus, it's uniform. And you had identified, you really were the first ones to see this. I'm not really trying to blow your horn, but I just, I did, it was crazy with the Hong Kong thing. You said that is going to be an example for the rest of the world. And boy, was it ever. So let's, I'll take some calls, 404-872-0750. You want to tell me what you expect in 2020, 800 WSB Talk. And then maybe we can put a little more order into this list that we have of what to expect in 2020 right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. All right, we have a lot to talk about because we want to discuss our expectations for 2020. Now, I'm only on for an hour today. I'm also on for an hour next Sunday from 2 to 3. And I'm on for a half an hour on Saturday from 5.30 to 6. So maybe... Give you a little update on the week's news on Saturday, and we get to more of our predictions for 2020 next Sunday. And if you want to hear all of this stuff in a nutshell, you can always check out our podcast feed. Binkley and I do a podcast called The Propaganda Report, uh, or you can go to our website, thepropreport.com. But first of all, I want to hear a tweet. If you want to tweet at me, for, you can call 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. Tell me what you expect for 2020. Let's grab a tweet, Binkley. Do you have a tweet? Uh, if you if you all want to tweet to me, I'm at Monica Perez Show. I have a tweet from Nacho Slave who tweets, <laughs> reselection of Trump to do, quote, right-wing stuff and set up a two-term, <laughs> quote, left-wing selection who will usher in the United Nations 2030 agenda. Interesting. I do have stuff on all of that. I would say, first of all, that I believe our there's going to be the first blow for actual physical world government, an actual institution, a governing institution that involves kind of official agents as a result of climate change. I believe there will be a global firefighting force. Or something like that. The first institution, in global institution, will be triggered by climate change. Interesting. Yeah. So, what do you think? Do you do? You, does that ring true to you? Because you follow you follow little Greta. Greta. Oh, I think that the private industry, along the same lines, I think we're going to continue to see more private companies branding themselves around social justice issues like climate change and sustainability and. One of the reasons is because this is already happening, and this is because the firm New Knowledge, which is 
part of the whole Russian psyop. They are the ones who were the Russian bots who acted, who pretended to be working on behalf of Roy Moore to discredit him. And they also used, quote, Russian tactics to actually change the outcome of that election in Alabama. Yes. One of their, so we know. Yeah. One of their primary businesses alongside of spreading propaganda is to transform corporations into more socially friendly companies. Oh, well, that goes absolutely right in line with my fear of an observation of the pattern of public-private partnerships to undermine the Bill of Rights. To yeah. ta- and this is what they do. What they do, they'll, they might even set up they might even set up government grants that go to corporations to have them do what they want them to do. Like in the USMCA, this is one of my predictions, that thing will just sail through the Senate next week, USMCA. What a blow for globalism. That goes to Nacho Slave's tweet. They are all, that. it's absolutely consistent with that. But what they are, what they, they did in that USMCA is they said, we are going to direct private companies how to get in lockstep with our anti-corruption efforts. And for me, their anti-corruption efforts are just their way of targeting individuals who don't do exactly this, which is take their position in the private sector and use it to promote these political agendas. So I feel like what you're saying is completely consistent with that and that this public-private partnership thing, it really bothers me too, because what it is is they i'm an anarcho-capitalist i don't think the government has that i believe society is self-ordering and that it would be more orderly just and even level charitable everything without this coercive monopoly on the use of force territorial monopoly but that they take they get these mandates they say they have and they outsource them to ngos and they're they're not monitored there's no limits right after the break more to come monica perez monica perez wait a minute this is the future. We're all a phase of guns. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I think that was the only drop in the movie that I could find Wesley Snipes not cursing. It's a great movie. It's Demolition a Man. great movie. I always felt like when I lived, I think I first saw it when I lived in L.A. And I always felt it was like about a New Yorker who moved to L.A. It's like every <laughs> restaurant is Taco Bell. You can't use vulgarity. It's totally like too clean and totalitarian. And but as they say, so goes California, so goes the country. You can't even smoke in New York anymore. <sighs> those are the days. Well, anyway, so those days are long behind us. But 2020 is ahead of us, and as we learned in the last hour, it is the last year of the last <laughs> decade, and not yet the first year of the next decade. <laughs> but. Uh, so whatever decade we're in, we still have expectations for this year. Yeah. And uh, one thing, but the thing that I thought was a thing we we're going to talk about the most is the election. But for me, the events of the past few days, this killing this Iranian general, throws that a little bit into, I don't know what, question. I, I felt there's no question that Trump would win. He's pretty old. Maybe he doesn't want to win. But they killed this Iranian general. I mean, a general is a guy with a lot of experience. Like you, you don't, they value that. That's a pretty serious thing to do. And anti-war people like I am, I mean, I have what I call the St. Peter's test. If, if I can't explain to St. Peter why I could not walk up to that guy and shoot him in the head myself. And he's like, well, why? It's like, well, because didn't you read Trump's tweet? I mean, 
obviously, you know what I mean? Like, that's not going to fly. So you're like, well, maybe he was not telling you the full story. You're like, well, I don't know. You know, that's my, my idea is like, I'm going to have to explain myself. So I cannot consent to this stuff unless I'm absolutely certain it's a real threat to me personally or someone I'm in a legitimate alliance with, which is other Americans on the soil. So I can't, I can't buy that, but there's a lot. Uh, so I say what I say and I, I tweet what I tweet. And a lot of people were also tweeting this stuff to the point where Tucker Carlson was saying, this doesn't make sense. It's going to cause problems. I'm thinking, hmm, this is weird. <laughs> you know, this is weird. It's getting a lot, a lot of press. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is, is uh, being the moral guy. He does that though. And it's my opinion that, He's there to make sure, because his father's a big-time propagandist. Like, he is born to propaganda. So he's yeah. playing a role, in my opinion. And his role is, I think, A, to give vent to the people. There, there are anti-war people in every party. People, especially on the right, you think that you don't have anti-war, but people who think of thou shalt not kill, you know that you can't use violence unless it's in self-defense. So actually, one prediction I'd like to make, and I think you had a similar one, is that they're talking about how they're expecting Iranians in the United States or agents of the Iranian government to hurt people or hurt your computers or whatever. And we've we've played enough times the clip about being in the business of covert means against Iran. So these could be false flags or whatever, but it will help people feel like it's a defensive, a se- an act of self-defense if they're here on our soil. Because if they're attacking Americans, Marines that we have stationed in Farnham, just bring them home. Like, it's just too obvious that you could just bring them home. So I predict some of that. But the Tucker Carlson stuff, I think, gives people vent that we don't want that kind of war. And or and maybe and ultimately he can come back and say, well, just like if Trump were to go to war with Russia, I'd be like, well... They are clearly against doing that. The only reason they could possibly be in favor of an escalation or a war is if, I mean, if Tucker Carlson is convinced, you know, then he's the Pied Piper for war, ultimately. I don't know where it's headed, but there's something a little fishy about this thing. Yeah, currently, I saw a poll, you know, polls, you can take them and leave them. Right. But it said that lies, America... Lies, damn lies, and polls. Exactly. America, Americans are currently not for war with Iran. So any of these subsequent retaliation attacks, whether they're false flags or whether they're genuine, I think it would probably be a cyber attack, in my opinion. It, the, the goal would be to have mm-hmm. to affect the American public to sway them for war. Yeah, and, and I would say also the times before where Trump has used force, like popping off on Syria and stuff like that, it really feels like, war is imminent we're on the brink and then for some reason we've pulled back so i i think that this making it very noisy makes me think that this is not the one yeah and that maybe it has a a banal which i had to look that up the first time <laughs> i heard jane smalley use it like at, like uh ordinary and like distastefully typical idea is that it's just um or small-minded, it, it, it could be as everyday an idea as a political purpose. So Netanyahu is a friend of Kushner. Kushner is Trump's son-in-law. And they were literally, Netanyahu used to stay at Kushner's house when it came to the United States. So, weird. 
And yeah, I don't know. He's <laughs> sleeping in his bed, apparently. I mean, I assume Kushner is not in it. But he is on the ropes over in Israel. Like, you think that Israel's just got this one united front. It doesn't. They have politics. So he's uh, under investigation for corruption, I would say, plausibly. And he's lost two elections. They're going to a third election to see if he can remain prime minister. And he's not. Uh, or or it's he's really on the ropes over there. And Trump's done a lot of things that have played in with his campaign promises, like moving the embassy of the U.S. to Jerusalem, um, recognizing the Golan Heights, make, saying that the settlements were legal. Like, I've done a lot of things. And it, I, I wouldn't be stunned to think that this is just uh, something that, they, that we will pull back on, that it's a show of force, a show of support for Netanyahu, and that it's not really the beginning of the war that a lot of these noisy folks from Rose McGowan to John Cusack, you know, when, when, I, when I'm getting, when I'm hearing John Cusack tweets on the Fox news, I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think yeah. we've jumped the shark on this story. Get a little too sensational. Plus they have this constant balancing of Iran's the enemy, China's the enemy, Russia's the enemy. They're going to eventually merge those three together into that new access of evil. Well, they just did joint exercises, right? That was the big news last week. So I'm not not worried. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am worried. But I just, I'm just i just talking about the timing. And the reason it's so interesting to me, the timing, is that it, would, it, do, it will affect the election in a way I kind of didn't expect there to be this kind of wild card right now. And uh, But in any case, no matter what happens in the election... I do believe the results will be disputed. They'll yeah. have a couple of big things. They'll they'll say there's foreign interference. Of course, they're teeing us up for that. Stacey Abrams is teeing us up for massive voter irregularities, fraud, all that stuff, disenfranchisement. She will be the face of the resistance, the national resistance mm-hmm. leader come 2021. Okay, so, and that assumes that Trump wins. If Trump wins. Yeah, but... Now, regardless of who wins, every single serious candidate as well as actual president has had legitimacy issues since the hanging chat of 2000. So in 2004, it was the kingpins in Ohio against Kerry. There's the Obama's foreign birth. There's Trump's Russian interference, which, as I've said before, is the most, the least plausible. Ted Cruz was a Canadian citizen when he was born. I mean, it just doesn't, that was really teeing up for a problem. And Hillary basically, it was pretty clear, anybody who's ever lived in California knows that there are tons of uh, non-eligible people vote out there. So you could easily make that argument. So whoever wins, the thing is, the thing that makes this democracy not feel fair is when the opposition doesn't accept the results and and that is it's the consent of the governed. And once you once you're told that that the system is failing, and that's just another thing to add to the pile of this system is failing. We need another legal architecture. So you get that from the left, or I hear that from Chertoff, who I don't know how to categorize him so far right. He's like whatever, fascist or something. But uh, then you get so you get that. But you you're also getting uh, this totalitarianism. From the right, you're getting the the uh, 
legitimacy problems with the election. You're getting legitimacy problems with the way the system works. And then one of the one of the solutions that the right has been offering or like the real freedom fighting kind of right is this convention of states. They want to call a constitutional convention. And I know I've misrepresented in the past. I don't really understand what they're asking for. But some I've heard some say that what they want is to uh, amend the Constitution or kind of redraft it. And for me, you'll never get words on a page better than the Bill of Rights. I'm not saying we couldn't sit down and think of them, but you're not getting them written up and passed they are right now the law of the land. Just because they're being ignored doesn't mean they should be abandoned. We should really fight. We have the moral high ground now with the way it's written up. And the Constitution itself, I'm not like super crazy about that. But the Bill of Rights, I am super crazy about. So I think that any anything that's going to mess around with, with our ability to hold that piece of paper up and say, okay, we can all rally around this, left or right, that scares me. And I think all that stuff plays into changing this fundamental legal architecture. And I, it makes me nervous. I agree. I think a specific act that will play right into what you're talking about is we're going to see a major deep fake that affects the 2020 election or is allegedly affects the 2020 election that is blamed on Russia. Okay. I think I tweeted at you a deep fake in the offing that I saw just a couple of days ago. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was, oh, it was extremely out of context Biden comments. Extremely out of context Biden comments. And of course, you can just edit stuff together and that is fake, right? I mean, you don't even actually need the technology to use the wrong words. You can, you can all, and that is, well, I was listening to the Jamie Dupree thing. Uh, on New Year's, they replayed that uh, fascinating story about how he got his voice back. And they took all of his what he said before and they stitch it together, either with syllables or words. So the deep fake thing, in a way, can be based on that. Re you know, it's almost like the 2.0 of Jamie Dupree 2.0, where they could make it seamless. And that, I think, is is where they're headed, but they don't even have to go that far. They can just show Hillary with fangs dripping baby's blood and just like, you know. Yeah, and they're using the threat of that to censor parody and satire. Oh my gosh. I know. Jigsaw, the Google thing, is its purpose is to detect sarcasm in comments. <laughs> I mean, wow. without humor, you really need the humor to identify the absurdities in all of this it really without humor i don't i don't know if i want to go on i think we're really going to get too serious well i've got a few items left on my list of 10 things to expect maybe we'll get to another tweet so tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth on 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk I did not even anticipate that drop, but it goes perfectly with one of the last two things I have left on my list of stuff in 2020. Uh, I think I'm going to get taken off of Twitter for consorting with Russians. Uh-oh. Yeah, I and mean, that's part of a bigger expectation that censorship will come down. This public-private thing, this so-called big tech, private individuals who really care, these oligarchs who are watching out for our uh, integrity, 
are going to, so they're going to censor social media in the name of election integrity, but in the service of suppressing anti-war speech. And I, I believe I will be a casualty of that. I wonder, I might also be one if you are. Sorry. <laughs> That's happened before. I do wonder if that will, if, if getting kicked off Twitter automatically transfers you to the mentally ill list mm-hmm. that they're going to be creating. Right. So that like Project Guardian will flag you and their information sharing of people who are de facto not entitled to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I have another one, which is my last one here is the impeachment. We're going to have high drama. The GOP is going to look like it's it's uh, getting managing to screw this up. <laughs> they'll they'll push it too far. There will be probably a lot of like Ukraine investigation into Biden, blah, 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 and absolutely no expose. But a miraculous consensus will emerge in the end that one thing we can all agree on is that Ukraine needs more military aid to escalate conflict with Russia. That's probably going to happen. Then we might see another impeachment around another issue. I would say that was preposterous, but... Binkley, you do have a way of pointing out what the what the uh, the resistance is up to that can actually be preposterous, but still happen. Yeah, they've been talking about that in their emails. Uh, and how about let's do a tweet? And then first, before you read the tweet, let me tell people next week we've got another hour. We've just blown through this. So if you have any questions about what we said or add anything, let's maybe plan on next week having a bit of a deeper conversation about some of these issues. And you can tweet at Monica Perez show if you want to contribute to that conversation. We'll read them next week and then we'll dive into it. So ask me your questions on anything we've talked about today. You can go to thepropreport.com and re-listen to this hour and then tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Okay, give us a tweet there, Binkley. I have a tweet from Rich that says, in 2020, the Dems and MSM are going to focus on the homeless catastrophe in California and blame it on Trump. That would not surprise me, actually. And uh, (laughs) I think Ben Carson will probably be made to look stupid, which will stink, you know. I mean, he'll just be a scapegoat, which nobody cares about. I mean, don't forget Melania Trump was made to look stupid at the RNC, and nobody really came to her defense. I mean, she was clearly set up, and I think it was in order to neutralize her, to silence her. I always think that happens with people who have integrity. Uh, I also wanted to know if you happen to see the... Our Russian prankster friends, that radio, the radio duo who pranked Lindsey Graham and Elliot Abrams, pranked Maxine Waters, apparently, who's a California congressman, if I'm not mistaken. And it, they pretended to be Greta and her father. And they, <laughs> yeah, they told her that they had dirt on, they had more recordings on Ukraine and Trump. <laughs> and, and she fell for it it seems like i didn't i just saw it right before the show so i didn't get to listen to it but i did tweet it just in case people wanted to hear it and i, I was in a hurry i'll get back to it later but yeah i did i just sampled it like in the middle and it was clear it was clearly a chick with a russian accent trying to sound like greta it shows how vulnerable people are when they are in a state of desperation and want something to be true so badly well it goes to that thing about that i I read that little study of sommeliers like real master winesmen who if if you gave them a bunch of glasses of wine 
in clear glasses. They would tell you which was which. But they actually steamed off and switched the labels around to make crappy wine have good labels and good wine have crappy labels. And the sommeliers then were misreading the wine. So yeah. it's not so you know they had the ability to understand it because they without that visual prejudice, they could do it. Right. But then and then people are like, oh, it's because they're a bunch of blowhards. It's like, no, you don't understand like the power of the visual cortex to right. change or whatever that is, the frontal or whatever to change what you really believe is what you know. It, it's that is dangerous. That is dangerous. It's oh, a primacy. So is that music is dangerous because it means the show is over. But there's so much more. You can always check it out at thepropreport.com. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show and Binkley at Freedom Max Radio. Talk to you next weekend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.